podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On a Thursday after Liverpool confirmed their spot in the knockout phases of the Champions League with a 3-0 win in Amsterdam. Now, if someone told you that their team had won 3-0, you would assume that they'd played very, very well. Uh, but last night wasn't really that at all. Um, that was one of the stranger games of football I've ever seen. Liverpool set up with a diamond midfield that ended up basically being a flat four in which Jordan Henderson played left wing, Harvey Elliott right wing, and Bobby Firmino played with Fabinho in a double pivot. Darwin and Mo played as split strikers. Uh, the back four was Trent, Gomez, Virgil and Robbo, and Alisson was in goal. It was not a very good first 40 minutes, the first 25 of which were absolutely pathetic. Liverpool should have been at least 1-0 down. Stephen Berghaus had a great opportunity and should have scored, but didn't. Ajax dominated the ball. Ajax carved us open. Ajax caused us a lot of problems in that first 20, 25 minutes. Then we started to figure a couple of things out, and it went from absolutely awful to just flat-out bad for the next period of the game. But then, after Dusan Tadic misses a great chance on 35, we have a little passage of play and almost seem to wake up a little bit. Then we go ahead. So, there's an aerial ball in their right-back position, and Jordan Henderson is out there to challenge for it. He doesn't challenge for it, but the Ajax player misses the header and the ball seems to sort of land on Henderson and hits him either in the shoulder or the back of the head and kind of bounces into his path. And as he looks up, he realises that Ajax's defence is absolutely all over the place. There's two men with him. Calvin Bassey, who is the left-side centre-back, is in the right centre-back position. And nobody is in the left centre-back position. He plays a nice pass with the outside of his right foot and just bends it into quite a considerable amount of space. And Mo Salah runs on and clips it over the goalkeeper, who has, for reasons known only to himself, come charging off his line and left himself all at sea. Salah scores, Liverpool are ahead, and you don't really know how this has happened. Because 
to that point, Ajax had been really, really good. Like, very, very good. Defensively, they were good. They were solid. They were well-organized. They were aggressive. They were front-footed. In midfield, they were just outworking us. Berghaus was taking advantage of the fact that Henderson was playing so wide on one side. Klassen was taking advantage of the fact that Elliot was playing so wide on the other side. And they had acres of space in midfield. And Fabinho was left with mass amounts of space to cover. Once again, basically abandoned in midfield to do it all by himself. And let's be honest, nobody could cover that much ground. And they were just pouring forward. And they, like I say, should have been at least two up. They probably should have opened us up a couple more times where they got into good positions. Virgil had basically held us together by himself. Joe Gomez finally woke up in about 20 minutes and he started to play well. They fi- Between them, they figured out that Brian Brobby is quick and he's strong, but he's he's not up to much really, is he? Like Technically, he's not great. Um, he's a bit of a Mikel Antonio, if we're being honest. Robbo got a handle on Bergvine. Trent got a handle on Tadic. And we were able to shut down their four players. It was just that their midfielders were still getting too much space. But when we went ahead, their heads went. And we should have gone 2-0 up almost immediately afterwards. Robbo drove through into mass amounts of space, slid the ball to Bobby, and Bobby should shoot. He's one-on-one with the keeper, he really should shoot. Instead, he plays the first-time ball across, back across, to Darwin, who I don't think expected it, sticks a foot at it, and somehow hits the post from four yards. Um, We should have been 2-0 up at half-time, but the truth of it is we didn't even deserve to be 1-0 up. Now, we came out in the second half, and we looked like a better football team. We looked like a team that knew what we were meant to be doing, and we immediately started releasing Darwin down the right, sorry, down the left. His, I don't know what to describe it as. I don't know if it was a shot. I don't know if it was a cross. I don't know that he knows which it was. But he went down the left, swung his left foot at the ball, and got it on target from an area you would normally cross from. And Pasfier has to put it behind for a corner. Andy Robertson takes a great corner. Darwin escapes the hug that Stephen Bergvine, not Stephen Bergvine, Julian Timber was starting to give him, rises highest, and it's a brilliant header. It is a brilliant header and a brilliant goal. And that's 2-0. And their heads went after the first game, their hearts went, first goal, their hearts went after the second one. They had no fight left to give. And within four minutes... Liverpool are 3-0 up. It's a gorgeous little turn and ball through the gap by Salah. Harvey Elliott gets onto it. From a really tight angle, he finishes really well. The goalkeeper should do much better, but it's a really good finish, especially on his right foot for Harvey Elliott. No need for VAR messing about this year. Uh, this time, rather, it is just 3-0. Game over. Nothing more is going to happen. They're not coming back from this. We only need a draw. They're not scoring four. So they know that as much as we do. They did give it a little bit of a go late, late on after making a couple of changes. 
but it was all very dull and boring after the third goal went in. Um, so look, the outcome, the outcome is ideal. We go there, we win three nil, we qualify for the next round. The process would concern me. The process would concern me. A good team has us dead to, dead to rights before we wake up. A good team really punishes how lax we were, how wide open in midfield we were, and makes us pay. Now, thankfully, it didn't matter last night. And we'll take the three points, we'll take the win, and we move on. Now the Napoli game is completely irrelevant. They rested a lot of players last night and still beat Rangers very comfortably. So they have 15 points. We have 12 points. If we were to beat them 4-0, I believe that would send us through. Uh, I don't believe we will beat them 4-0, regardless of what team they send. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well... Over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. We can now rest most, if not everybody, because second is where we're going to end up. If we are to beat them, it'll be 1-0 or 2-1 or something like that. But we might as well just rest players and not overtax the important players in that game. That's one where you maybe start Basic in midfield. You start Carvalho up front. You play Costas. You give Ox a start. Oh, you can't give Ox a start. You start Curtis Jones. That's one of those games. It's a throwaway. It's minutes on the pitch for players that need minutes, but nothing more than that. That game will be Tuesday of next week um, at Anfield under the lights. Looking at the Champions League as is, we can start to narrow down who we might play. So we can't play Napoli, obviously, in the knockout because you can't play a club, a club that was in your group. We could play Club Bruges or we could play Porto. Uh, those teams both have one game left. Now, those teams have also both qualified. Porto face Atletico Madrid at home, whereas Bruges have Leverkusen away. It may well be the Bruges rest players. Uh, They got walloped last night by Porto, 4-0. But we could play either of those, and we would fancy ourselves against either of those. We could play Bayern Munich. That could be very interesting. Group D, we could play potentially Sporting, Eintracht, Frankfurt or Marseille. But if Tottenham win the group, we can't play them. 
Tottenham are currently top, but they're away to Marseille in the next one, and that's going to be difficult. We can't play Chelsea, and they will top their group. We could face Real Madrid or Leipzig. Real will likely want to top the group, and they've got Celtic next, so I'd expect them to win that game. Uh, Leipzig have to play Shakhtar. They got walloped by Shakhtar last time they faced them, but they can afford to play for a draw here. We can't play City, but we could play PSG. So realistically, we're looking at PSG, Real Madrid, potentially one of Sporting, Eintracht or Marseille, depending on how results go in that group on the last day, Bayern, and then Bruges Porto. Obviously, Bayern, Real and PSG are the, the toughest ones of those. And in the current form that we're in, we'll get we get carved apart by any of them. But we showed a blueprint against City of how we can beat any of those teams. All of those teams have flaws. It's just about exploiting them. And we have the players that can exploit those type of teams. I think Diaz can exploit any of them. I think Darwin can cause any of them serious problems. We know that Thiago and Fabinho can go toe-to-toe with just about anybody. Salah is is Salah. That right-sided midfield role is problematic in the 4-4-2, but it could be fixed by shifting Trent there and going Gomez, Canate, Virgil and Robbo in defence. Pace, power, aggression. That could be the way. Now, with a bit of luck as well, we'll also have added a midfielder in January. So... It might not, might not be Fab Thiago. It could be Moises Caicedo Thiago. It could be Moises Caicedo and Fabinho. So we'd have options there, and they both fit. That Either of those pairings fit well in a 4-4-2. It's going to be interesting. The Champions League is our remaining opportunity to win a major trophy this season. And I know some people have already written it off, but I, I really don't think we should write it off. I really don't think we should. I think there's an opportunity here because Bayern haven't looked great this season domestically. They've been very, very good in the Champions League, five wins from five, but they haven't looked great domestically. They've had problems scoring goals. And you wouldn't always trust their central defenders. I think Real, along with Napoli, have been the best team in Europe this season. They're always going to be tough, especially in this competition. But again, they're not unbeatable. We should have beaten them in the Champions League final. PSG have that wonderful front three. But it's a front three that does no work behind them. They don't track back. They don't press. The midfield is good, but not great. And defensively, there are big holes there. You can exploit the space behind Hakimi and Mendes. You can always exploit Sergio Ramos. So they are there potentially to be beaten. They haven't been dominant in their group. There is also the possibility that Benfica win that group because PSG's last game is away to Juve, and Juve need a result 
well, they don't need a result. As long as Benfica beat Maccabi Haifa, Juve get into the Europa League. But Juve will want to finish with something of a performance. So it is possible that Benfica topped that group. They play Maccabi last. That's an away game for Benfica. But, I mean, that would be a great draw for us because you would fancy us to beat Benfica. It would also give Jürgen a chance to up close and personal see Antonio Silva, the young centre-back, who looks very much suited to how we play and could be a really nice addition. And obviously Enzo Fernandez, who really should be our top target for the summer. Over everybody else, he should be the guy for the summer. So Benfica would be perfect. Let's keep our fingers crossed that PSG draw with Juve, Benfica beat Maccabi, Maccabi, and uh, we get Benfica. I know it's a bit boring because we play them every year, but it's a it's a route to the quarterfinals, and it's a chance for Jurgen to see up close in front of his face two players that I really do think we should be strongly looking at. And that is that from last night in the Champions League. You can check out plenty of post-match on This Is Anfield. Liverpool to install Walk of Champions at Anfield. That's an interesting one. Do give that a read. Uh, Stefan Basetic showed he is one of us. Uh, Lots and lots of post-match. So check that out there. On Liverpool.com, again, lots of post-match. Liverpool should fix summer transfer mistake by signing 40 million forward. Perfect for Jurgen Klopp. This is my Kylo Mudrik of Shakhtar. The issue with him is he plays left wing and we already have Diaz. And I don't know that we should be spending 40 million on someone to come in for a position that's already sorted. We need a right winger or ideally more of a right-sided midfielder to keep things a little bit more solid so we can flex into a 4-3-3 um, in-game, which is why I like the idea of Trent there. Or if someone can suggest a better fit who could also do a similar thing and have that level of high-end delivery. Um I like Mudrick, I just don't think he's the right one for us. Liverpool could reverse oh, Ward Prowse, absolutely not. I will throw you off. Uh, Liverpool offered 53 million transfer swap as concrete interest expressed amid Hyungman Son claim. So there has been some reports that Son would like to leave Spurs and that we are interested. I just don't see it. I just don't see it at all. Um, there is a little bit of momentum growing about interest in Bruno Gomerish. I think there's a real possibility he is a buyout clause for next summer. Like, I just don't understand why he'd have joined that club who won't be in the Champions League for a few years in the middle of his 20s without a buyout clause. Liverpool have been offered a swap for Naby Keita, apparently. Um, no, Sandro Tonali will not be allowed to leave 
AC Milan. And if he was, they wouldn't be taking Naby Keita back because Naby Keita is going to be on a free next summer. And David Lynch has said it would take something utterly remarkable for him to sign a new deal. Um, and obviously, yeah, caught offside, citing Sport 1 in Germany, have prattled on that Liverpool would like Son. There's absolutely no chance, not at his age. Four years ago, he was the ideal player for us to look to bring in, but not now. Uh, Anfieldindex.com, we have a new piece up by the numbers. Robbo versus Costas. Obviously, something a lot of people have debated this season. Uh, It's by Ed. I've not been corrected on this, so I'm going to go with Koch. Until I get corrected, I'm sorry, Ed, that is your name. Uh, if it's not, please let me know. Ed Koch is what I'm going with. Um, <laughs> there's also a piece by me, uh, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly from Forrest. There's very little good. Let me just put you to rest that way. Podcast-wise, there's a roll from last night. There is a Euro incision with Guy and Nina from this morning. There is a scouted that myself and Carl have just recorded that will be out later today. Molby on the spot looks like it should get done today and then Rivalry Com will probably be with you tomorrow ahead of Leeds. And that's it. That's all. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.